Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, guys. Welcome to yet another episode of the Tana Talk Soccer Podcast. I am Lutana Oruche. Please do not forget to like, share and subscribe because if you do not do so, you're being very, 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 very selfish because I know you love this spot. So I just not like make other people know. Today, we will be discussing the top four and the title race. And yes, I didn't make a mistake. I didn't call myself we. I don't have we as one of my pronouns. No, I am on. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, we I have someone in the studio with me today in person. Ella, say hi. Hi guys, Ella or LFCLs as people know me on Twitter. Um, yes, yeah, so good to be here uh, in person recording with the famous Tanner Talk Soccer. So it's all good. Famous Tanner Talk Soccer. Mm-hmm. Don't gas me, please. <laughs> uh, nah, it's an honor. It's an honor being on this pod. You're the first pod I was on, so it's always great to be back. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, so straight into it now. So we have, uh, of course, we have Liverpool in the title race. Nope. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Unfortunately. So, so, so who's in the title race? Ah, Arsenal, Man City, Man United have their toe in. Just about, just about. But I'm not sure if they're quite in the title race at the moment. But Arsenal, Man City, definitely. Okay. So how do you think this one's going to go? This is this is actually really tough. And it's mostly tough because they haven't played each other. And it's weird at this stage of the season for the two title challenges not to come up against each other because that's usually key in deciding who wins the title. So this week's game, Wednesday, is massive. Um, if you're asking me now who I think will win it, this is around the period we always do on the spot. Like, you have to be a bit ballsy. I'm going to go Man City. And not because Arsenal haven't been great. They've been fantastic. But I feel like Arsenal have had their excellent spell 
It's but from the start of the season till now, they've been excellent. Last two games have dropped points. But City, some City have been, haven't hit the heights that they usually do in a title race, but they're still in touching distance. And I feel like they, they can go another gear. And they usually do that in title races at the back end of the season when it counts. I know they have that demon mode in them. As a Liverpool fan, I know they can turn it on and they can win game after game after game and do what they need to do to win this title. So I think Man City might edge it, especially mentally. Um, it'll be interesting, but Wednesday's game is massive. It's massive. So from an Arsenal perspective, yeah, because you just touched on it from a City perspective and how they can get like 15, 17, 18 wins in a row, if need be, no draws at all, right? We've seen them do that before and again and again. So yes, we know they can do that. But from an Arsenal perspective, why do you think they will not be able to accumulate enough points to, should I say, just hold City clear? Because right now they're in the lead. You know what I'm saying? They are in the lead. Uh, so from an Arsenal perspective, why don't you see them being able to replicate what they've done in the first half of the season? Because if they do that, then yeah, they will win the Premier League, of course. I think the second half of the season is always different because the first half of the season, they didn't actually have pressure to be in a title race. No one actually expected them to be in a title race this quickly. Um, so the pressure wasn't on them. But now This quickly in terms of like, in other does, fourth, fifth season or... Yeah, I just think because they missed out on the top four last season. Which they were meant to like... But the expectation has... Like the expectation for Arsenal to make top four has been on for the past two seasons at least yeah. because apart from all the work they did also the money they've spent like the last season they were the top spenders in the Premier League mm. so I think in terms of finishing outside the top four was a massive underachievement for Arsenal like massive they were meant to and people were calling for his head and maybe rightfully so you know mm. finishing eighth things like that like yeah so when you say not this quickly what do you mean exactly I just think the jump, yeah. so from underachieving to almost overachieving, yeah, is yeah. quite it's quite crazy. Yeah. And I also think in the opposite direction, Liverpool's downfall because you would have thought maybe it would be Man City and Liverpool again. Maybe have a 13, maybe Arsenal, maybe Man United, maybe Chelsea in and around. That's what we thought. But for them to jump from underachieving to overachieving so quickly, I think... I think that really eased the pressure on them because I think for a long time, Arsenal fans, probably the players thought, we're just going to go out and play. We're just going to build confidence. But now they actually know they're in a title race. And you can kind of start seeing that, especially the last two games, that the pressure is going to get, the pressure is on, the pressure is on. Man City will, will, <laughs> will keep going and they have to. They have to keep their heads. And I think... The players are fairly young still. I think we we forget that. Um, the likes of Saliba, um, fantastic, fantastic talent. But, you know, these players are young. So this is their first proper title challenge. So it's, it's difficult. It would be difficult for any team to come up against the likes of City have won for the last five titles. So, yeah, that's where I think it may... It may be Arsenal may fall a bit short, but you never know. You never know in the Premier League. I think if they can win this game against City, it will be huge for them. But the key is they cannot lose. They have to win at least one of these games because this is where I think the decision on who will win the title comes from. 
Yeah, so of course, as we know, Arsenal have gotten one point from the last six, which a lot of their fans are not pleased with. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to read too much of meaning to it, but you kind of insinuated there that Arsenal dropping this point is, uh, has to do with the mentality, like something mental. Like, is that what you're saying? I'm be sure that's what you're saying. I think so, because after they lost against Everton, yeah. I feel like they really needed to bounce back, especially in the title race. You need to bounce back very quickly. Um, and maybe the pressure kind of just, because it's actually, the pressure's right now piling onto them because they knew we lost, we have to get back on it straight away. And that's when mentally, maybe, maybe they're not at, they were, they're not at their strongest because of their age. I think last season it was a similar thing. They were comfortably, comfortably looking mm-hmm. to finish in the top four and yeah. somehow it just all it just all fell apart so that's kind of the concern with Arsenal and the title race is a much higher higher level so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back again from dropping points because like, they cannot afford to drop points on Wednesday in my opinion I think it will be I think it will hurt their title challenge yeah thank you very much on that else and now there's a lot going on in the Premier League, not only the, the title race, but also the top four battle, the relegation battle. There's a lot, lot, lot of things that uh, are still up in the air. I don't think the Golden Boot race is up in the air. So I don't think we'll talk about that. Although it's not yeah. like, like it's not it's not that like, I mean, okay, Holland is, well, let me do my math, eight goals ahead of Kane. So, I mean, it is touching distance. It mm. is touching distance. Haaland himself is probably experiencing his longest drought uh, since he uh, started playing for Manchester, which is about two games or something. Mm. Ridiculous, but yes, yeah, what it is, you know. So, I mean, that might be worth something, but I feel like, yeah, like Haaland still got it. Uh, he's still going on lockdown there. But now, we're moving to the top four race. So, we have your team, Els, or rather our team, uh, moving from 10th to 9th mm. after uh, one of the few convincing victories uh, from Liverpool all season long. Yeah, so I just want to ask you a question before now going into it. Do you think Liverpool will make the top four? Like, if you, I wouldn't say can, can they? Like, can they? Yes, they can. Obviously, they can. Like, it's still there to be had. Like, I mean, Newcastle have played like two more games than Liverpool. Liverpool win those games. I don't know. They'll be like within two or three points of Newcastle. Or like, I don't know. It's like, I'm not doing the math, but something like that. Like, mm. yeah, something one game can change. Like, so if Liverpool basically win their standings, which includes a game against Newcastle mm-hmm. uh, at St James's, you know, so yeah, so it's it, they can't do it. Obviously, it's still there to be had, but will they? Uh, this is a difficult one. I'm going to say no, just because I think not because the team aren't capable because they are. I just think the disruption, especially with the injuries, we're not really getting much luck, especially in the field. Losing Thiago, I think, is massive. Um, oh, it's, it's so difficult because I want to believe that this win against Everton was a spark and Liverpool can finally push on. It, it, could, it could be. I hope so because apart from like... Like, I just loved, like, a lot was not right in that game against Everton. Mm. Like, there was a lot Liverpool were doing, but I just loved to see intensity. They played like Liverpool. And when you when you play with intensity, a lot of times you're just rewarded. You know what mm. I'm saying? It's nothing too complicated. Like, even in seasons where Liverpool were getting 
so many points 90 something points 90 something points like liverpool fans still complain mm-hmm. game to get my performance oh this guy this guy's that like performance i want always perfect but mm-hmm. when you work hard i would say it's hard to create against you and uh like this is the, the, the theme has been alison becker being way too busy for a top club's goalkeeper you know uh, just like Davide has been over the last few years, although my United meant to be a top club, so I just have to take that dig. But it's what it is, you know. Uh, but he was he was a spectator yesterday, and that's what you get, you know. So Liverpool on the other end, they didn't they didn't like over they created chances. It was not like their most creative performance. But this is exactly what happens when you sustain pressure, something they failed to do all season long. So that like, I feel like there's certain things that I just have to like say maybe point out. That even though Liverpool have won games since they've, of course, they beat Bournemouth um, 15 0 and they did so many, they had like a few other good games that they looked good against Manchester City at Anfield, they were very convincing, they actually really worked hard in that game as well. But this was just like reminiscent of the old Liverpool, like just because of the energy, you know, even like the counter attacking goals and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so, so yeah, like I'm just pointing out these things. Like, because if you look at Chelsea on the other hand, who drew again, uh, I feel like they made a little progress in terms of in terms of their performance. You know, they made a little progress as well. So I don't know. Like the teams above them, if you're looking at the likes of like, as if you look at Newcastle, Brighton. Okay, Tottenham is the only like proper top team in yeah. there. That and I feel like over the course of the season, do you see these teams actually holding out? And if you want to look at Liverpool, Tottenham, right, and Chelsea. Who are in a bit of a mess Tottenham, much less so because they had like a greater star. Do you think Liverpool and Chelsea? Let's say let's say Newcastle, right? Mm. Let's say Tottenham get in there, right, or something. I don't know. Or let's just say much let's forget about Tottenham right now. Between Liverpool and Chelsea, who are you back in to finish on top of the other? I would say Liverpool because I think it's interesting because Chelsea have bought and they've been very positive in January. They've bought players Enzo, um, Felix, Mudrik. They've got good players, but it's about whether they will gel in time and about getting results because Potter hasn't actually got many results. I don't know how many wins they've got in how many games, but it's been not, it's not been very, very many. Um, but I think Liverpool... The issue, the only thing that, that I think they need to sort out is their away form. Because that's really, really, really bad. Um, at home, Liverpool barely lose. Um, so it wasn't really a surprise, especially yesterday's game, that we won it. I I was very confident we weren't going to lose it. But our away form needs to really pick up. Because that I think we've won maybe two, three games max away from home. We've really, we've really started slow. We cannot start slow away from home. And I think Liverpool, we know the players that they have know the way Klopp wants them to play. That, I think, is the difference. I think they're in a different cycle. So Liverpool are probably coming towards the end of a cycle where they have an identity, but they're struggling to kind of maintain those standards. But Chelsea are at the beginning where Potter's still trying to implement his ideas. And they're still kind of trying to find their identity. But I think it's better for a team that kind of have known what they're doing but they just need to they just need to up their game they just need to perform yeah so so you're basically saying the job is easier for Liverpool because Chelsea have so many new players that they have to like it's almost like he has to build and Mm. they don't have time for that 
like they have to get results so talking about the home and away form based on the home from liverpool are in the top four well in and away from there in the bottom half probably yeah. like 15th yeah 15th yeah Not just surprising. just three points above 20th yeah one more that is absolutely awful chances away from top eight there and home from nine so but chelsea mm. have basically been about average home both, yeah. and the way liverpool have been not fantastic at home but Better. yeah like good enough like if got results at home mm. you know so tottenham now this is the thing about tottenham tottenham so i feel like i'm just i'm just doing process of elimination because i'm mm. just asking you the teams above liverpool the likes of uh brentford brighton these teams newcastle you know would they get over the line? I'm not sure because we've seen it with Leicester City, right? Like, these are fantastic teams that no one really thought would do and they have it. But it's just like, over the stretch, look at Newcastle have been getting a lot of draws. Like, Liverpool have just been stupid. Chelsea have just been stupid. It's not like they could have passed Newcastle ages ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's been there for the taking. And I don't think Newcastle are all of a sudden going to change and maybe start winning so many. No, like, this is just what they are. They will only get in there if these teams continue to remain very very poor you understand mm-hmm. so Tottenham on the other hand of course have a history with Butlin what kind of act like Tottenham doesn't so I feel like and again if looking at looking at the Premier League table right assuming Liverpool and Chelsea do things right it's going to get really 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 tight for the likes of Tottenham for example Tottenham have two more games played than Liverpool and are ahead with seven points so it's tight of course games in hand don't mean much but this is just to say that if Liverpool could somehow use this result mm-hmm. to spark something and win two games that means on level games for the Tottenham they'll be just a point behind mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so I've put all this into consideration right for you you know asking you again because I first you said no they mm-hmm. will not for your reason so if you say no they will not are you saying Tottenham will make it no so who will weirdly i think it's between newcastle liverpool and chelsea yeah it is i just i the problem with tottenham is actually i'm not sure okay i think newcastle and liverpool i'll say them too newcastle i don't believe newcastle are in the reckoning i believe Mm. you know you know what i think i think that even though these teams are shit because you see over in like it's not a new thing in the Premier League, though. It's not a mm. new thing in the Premier League where teams flirt with top four. As we've seen the Leicester under Rodgers. They did a season after season for two seasons in a row, you know. They are right in there. But it's just like, like these teams, like, for example, Liverpool have been... Like, I say, oh, Liverpool have been the worst team in the league, right? Mm-hmm. But, of course, that is comparative by Liverpool standards, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Newcastle are doing really well. But the thing is, if, like, as a Liverpool fan, right, if we're doing, like, how Newcastle are doing in terms of just drawing, 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 we'll probably still be complaining. Yeah. Like, we're complaining now, we like, we've fallen, like, further than we ever expected. But if we're doing how Newcastle are doing now, we'll still be complaining. So Newcastle are not, in the moment, particularly doing, fun, they're not doing, like, a top team. No. No, that's what we should not get wrong. So they're doing okay, or just enough to stay above the, uh, the underperforming top teams. Mm-hmm. You get me? So, I, I don't know, just based on history, I'm just going based off history. We've seen teams like Newcastle yeah. in the past, you know, it's been a while. Of course, last time was when Leicester won the Premier League uh, tied to the, the big prize. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, they got into the top four. But the last time any team other than those big six got into the top four has been long. It mm-hmm. doesn't, but teams do flare. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Watch the Premier League. So that's why. I'm not sure I agree with you that I feel like Newcastle and the record in like 
I don't know. Tottenham have also like okay, wow, shit. They oh sorry, they lost four one to Leicester. This is that say after beating City convincingly. By the way, convincingly, City City didn't really create anything. Mm. More like they did did do a job on City convincingly and then lose to Kelechi Hanacho, my boy. Yeah, so like it's tricky. It is tricky because Tottenham are inconsistent, Liverpool are inconsistent, Chelsea are inconsistent, Newcastle just aren't losing. I think that's the thing. They keep picking up points. So even though they're drawing a lot, they're picking up points. And these teams, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, are not taking advantage of that. As I said, the only issue I have... Okay. If- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If Liverpool can beat Newcastle, I think that'll be massive. I think that'll be massive. I actually think that game is very big in terms of just confidence again. Because I think this game against Everton just stopped the rut. It was a bit of a spark because I think this is our first win in the Premier League in 2023. So Liverpool needed something. So if they can go and beat Newcastle, we'll build confidence, we'll build momentum. So Newcastle um, have drawn uh, four of the last yeah, I, five. I'm not. I'm not surprised because <laughs> by how many, how many of Liverpool won? This is the problem. How many of Chelsea won? How many of Tottenham won? And this is the this is the, the problem. Um, I think either either three will be comfortably in the top four if they were even. I don't know, playing seventy percent of what they can. They're just all these teams. I think are underperforming. Um, that the likes of Newcastle, the likes of Brighton, the likes of Fulham are between Man United and us. Um, so it's tough. You know what? I'll back. I'll back Liverpool if they can beat Newcastle. I think they'll get in the top four. Okay, so will Liverpool beat Newcastle? Yes, they will. So Liverpool get in the top four. Yes, they will. <laughs> oh, it took us a journey to get here. It took us. It was a long uh, journey yeah. getting here. It was a long journey getting here. We had to break it, but finally, L says that Liverpool get into the top four. Personally, I hope so. Of course, it's the thing is it's very doable, and maybe like the fact that it's very doable after breaking it down, you can literally say it's literally there for the taking. Just by how poor they've been, you know what I'm saying, and like. You can't be poorer than this. You only expect improvement from here on out. Mm-hmm. So, as a Liverpool fan, I'm not surprised that she eventually made that decision. Because if it's there for the ticking, then you want to back your boys because you've seen them uh, achieve time and time again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they've, they've consistently gotten in the top four. 
since Klopp came in uh, from his first full season in charge, you know, so this has not really been an issue. So I feel you. Do you have anything to say on the relegation battle? So firstly, I just have to say something, right? Everton flirted with relegation last season and they go away with it. Mm. I would have been so happy if they went down. I just wanted to see it happen more. Unfortunately, it didn't, you know? And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll take that because like Liverpool were, were, were performing in all competitions. And I was like, okay, there might be something that will give me greater joy, yeah. you know? But this season, though, do you think they will go down? No, I don't. I actually think... I think they have enough quality and Sean Dyche with the experience to stay up. I think it doesn't look great at the moment, but I think over time they'll get enough points to stay up because it's close. The bottom the bottom half of the table is very close. So two wins can get you out, can get you safe. And I think Everton have enough quality to get out of that relegation zone. I think the appointment of Dyche was the right one. I think finally Everton actually made the right decision. Really? Yeah, because short term, I'm just thinking who else probably could step in. Because what, they got a fantastic win against Do you Arsenal. know how long this contract is? I don't. Is it like a contract at the end of the season where it was like a proper deal? I'm not sure. But either way, if he can keep them up, it will be it will be worth it. Do you know what I mean? Um I'm kind of conflicted though in the appointment of Sean Dykes because it's like it's, it's almost like they've put their hands up and like we're relegation team. This team, however, the quality they have in their team, similar to Liverpool, but I think Everton is even on a much worse scale because mm. if you look at investment over the past few years, Everton are in the big leagues in the Premier League. Of course, the likes of Manchester yeah. City, uh, Arsenal, Man United, all these teams are on top, but Everton have brought in good football players mm-hmm. they have so like this is particularly very disappointing i must say especially after last season as well mm-hmm. flirting with relegation and now this season again so it's like i don't know in this position right you might want to maybe bring a coach that you feel might get the best out of all the players like the actual quality you got maybe get you to start playing at your potential but getting dykes is kind of like hands in the air we are sure and uh let's fight because everton i feel like with sean dykes they will remain in the relegation battle for the rest of the season mm-hmm. maybe they will get out yeah but i feel like it to be tight so i mean i'm not saying it's the wrong one but i just i don't know if in my heart i feel like uh everton not really trying to play because we know that is not really trying to like make everton it like play to their technical best or like mm, basically no. you go know i'm saying no. everton are going to basically play like a side without quality mm. you know like sometimes we wonder right like some coaches who do well as small teams and go to big teams or bigger teams and struggle and it's because they've had like little ma- material resources all their life little to no technical ability so they've gone route one all their lives and it's like mm. Work hard, win your duels, blah 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 blah, and it works for them. Kudos, like yeah. But some coaches are meant to remain on that level mm. because that's what. Because when you're presented with players who can actually do other things, you don't have the ideologies to do the work on the training ground. That on the pitch is going to implement uh, your philosophy in terms of how to use this. And I don't think uh, Shondax has that. So I feel appointing Shondax might get them out, which ultimately, sadly, which like I'm sure Everton fans always hope to get into Europe and things like that but sadly the reality is that you're in the bottom three fighting for your lives and if Sean Dax gets you out at this point in time you just have to just take that I'm not like they would be happy we saw last season 
Uh, mm-hmm. When they ran onto the pitch, like they won uh, a treble or something. But anyway, yeah. But that's how happy they got that they didn't drop down into the championship. So I'm sure they will be happy again this season. However, I feel, as I said, with Sean Dykes, yeah, they would they will flirt relegation all season long just because the way he will play, they could like they don't need to be Everton. They could easily be Bournemouth, mm-hmm. or they could easily go. You know I'm they could easily be a poor side again because there's certain qualities. That is not like the players of Everton possess. That's just not going to be scratched at all. It's not going to be explored by this manager. What do you think? The reason why I say Daesh is a good appointment is because the length of time that they have to have, okay, maybe half a season, less than half a season now, and they need someone who knows the league. And Sean Daesh knows the league. And getting someone else in, maybe someone that could maximize their talents a bit more maybe create maybe play more creative football more attractive football would be good but i also think it could be a risk because of time if if everton if this was last season because i actually thought the appointment of frank lampard was bad i thought that was a poor decision i didn't think lampard did enough to actually get that job and ultimately it turned out bad but i think if we were talking about maybe october November, when possibly Frank Lampard could have gone and they bought someone a little bit more expansive in the way they play, a bit more attractive football, then yeah, I would do it. But because of time and the situation they're in, I think Everton had to hold their hands up and say, we're in a relegation scrap. Number one priority is getting out of the relegation, making sure we stay up. And then maybe next season we could look to get a more expansive more creative minded attacking minded manager i don't know how long sean dyche's contract is for but i can't imagine he's a long-term uh answer for everton's managerial kind of tenure but yeah i would I, I, if i was everton i'd be happy with dyche for what he's brought being brought in to do which is ultimately keep them up i think anything past that at the moment is probably out of their minds and maybe if it was earlier in the season, yeah, they probably could have thought about more things. But for now, I would I would have taken Sean Dash. Fantastic reasoning there, else. So who's going to go down? Since Everton are not going to go down. Um, so the bottom three, Southampton, Bournemouth, Everton. Yeah. Everton, West Ham, I think, have too much quality to go down. I really don't mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. even will go down. Mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest is on my radar I think I don't think they have enough quality I think they bought a lot of players but I'm not sure Leeds as well ah oh, it's tough I would say between Leeds and Nottingham Forest will go down with Bournemouth so Southampton yeah. Southampton being bottom is quite a shock though that's another team that has no business there yeah they, they appointed again they appointed a manager a little bit of a risk because he came from the lower leagues again when you're in this kind of situation you've got to appoint someone that has experience in the league and he's gone call big sam (laughs) sam allardyce exactly but nine times out of ten sam allardyce did the job because he he's got experience he knows the league i mean southampton appointing a manager from the lower leagues is just and getting rid of him already 
I'm not sure that was the right choice. Well, obviously it wasn't the right choice. So the issue I have with Southampton is uncertainty. Who's coming in? Do you know what I mean? What kind of football they're going to play? And they're in a bit of a rut. So it's okay, you can have a new manager bounce. But ultimately, I can't look past the fact that they don't have a manager at the moment. So I think they... Bournemouth, again, I just think they're like quality. Nottingham Forest, Leeds are a bit... Uh, I Yeah, I would say them four. Three out of those four will be gone. Everton, West Ham, way too much quality, I think. So Leeds, Nottingham, Bournemouth, Southampton. Yeah, three of them. Fair. So just to wrap it up, just to wrap it up now. So even though this might seem obvious, but maybe else has some visuals, maybe... Mo Salah from eight goals will make up uh, a 16 goal difference from when Haaland and win the Golden Ball. Who do you think was the Golden Ball this season? Ah, Haaland. Haaland, easy. Player of the season? Ooh, player of the season. Wow. Ooh, I think that could. That will definitely depend on Winter, who wins the title, but I think. It might go to Odegaard, Arsenal captain. Been fantastic this season. Very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Yeah, but he's not done his job better than Haaland has done his job. He hasn't, but I think him being the Arsenal captain, I think the expectation of Arsenal and then us not actually probably thinking they could challenge for the title right away and him being amongst their best players I think he has a show um, but Haaland is the obvious choice but I would personally go Odegaard to win the Premier League uh, PFA player of the year yes that's interesting but you predicted Manchester to win the title I would but generally speaking City often do win the title but they don't always win the players in the team don't often win the PFA player the year. For example, Salah, I think. He's won two, but KDB2 has won two, but even in the season where he didn't deserve it, being the season before last, mm. he won it, where he was injured for like half the season. So it's a bit tricky. It is, yeah, it's... If City, the thing is, Haaland is going to set the record. Yeah. I don't I, know whatever that would be. Yeah. yeah, and if City win the league, I feel like it's an obvious choice. You know what I'm saying? It's an mm. obvious choice. Like this is a league that the Premier League, the English boys, they 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 tout themselves as the best league in the world, the toughest league in the world, mm. the most competitive league in the world, basically the pinnacle of European football, right? And yeah, this guy comes in and sets the record, mm. and basically leads it to a title. I don't see how you deny him. I feel like. Even if, if if even if it's still like I don't know, Haaland scores at the credit rates. I don't even know what this record is going to be by the end of the season. Mm. Maybe something crazy. Maybe close to forty goals. Who knows? He's got four hat tricks already. In like you know, what I'm saying it's crazy. However, if he does that, still I feel like he will always score goals. Maybe City don't win the league and Arsenal go ahead to win the league. Mm. I can understand the uh, the Odegaard choice. Uh, not because I go with it, because I feel like individual awards should be individual awards. I don't mm. like. Yeah, teams matter, but there's a level to which certain teams would perform 
that I feel like you kind of just say, oh, this guy won the trophy, so let him win. No, this guy was better. Yeah. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So, but I like I would I would understand the reasoning of like the voters behind mm. giving someone from Arsenal. Maybe you feel other oh, guy is the front runner. Kaya Saka has also been really fantastic. Course, yeah. yeah, but I would go with uh, Ellen Haaland. I think Haaland's the obvious choice, but I think it depends on how this story plays out. It really does. Um, I th- I feel like if Arsenal win the league, I feel like someone from that team will win the PFA Player of the Year for sure. Um, but if City win it, funny enough, I think it might be 50-50. Just because... I just I just kind of think it's maybe... Because the players vote for the PFA Player of the Year. So I think it's kind of... Maybe kind of like a surprising kind of... From, you know, becoming Arsenal captain. You know, Arsenal captains have been, I don't know, up and down. Pass yeah. along. Controversial. Exactly, controversial. So, yeah, young kids coming in, leading Arsenal to a title challenge, performing well. I think it's just kind of a great story, and I think people love great stories. Haaland, of course, came into the league. We all knew how good Haaland was, but again, maybe if he breaks the record by smashes it, City win. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, because he could get injured, you know? He could. He could. He And... I don't think he has been injured, and he's he's been he's got picked up quite a few injuries. Yeah, he's injured from, but he hasn't uh, been injured so far. So we we never know. We never yeah. know. We can't say he'll break it until he does break it. So that's that's my reasoning behind it. But Haaland, Odegaard, I think either one. Saka has a shout. Yeah, yeah. Of Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty. You know what? He's very pretty. Um, great game yesterday but you know what as long as he just keeps calm does his job I'll be happy he doesn't need to win a PFA player yet <laughs> alright guys that will be all from Tana and Els Els tell the people what they should do they should like rate follow share and subscribe Spotify now allows you to rate podcasts so not only on Apple Podcasts can you rate you can do that now on Spotify, so I expect you to do that now. As I said at the beginning of this, do not be selfish. Tell the people, spread the gospel. That will be all from us today. Have a very, very lovely day and week. And at the end of the season, we'll see if I'm right or not. Uh, but if, like the thing is, so if I'm not right, you hold Els responsible. <laughs> That's fine. That's yeah. fine. But if I'm right, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> so basically zero responsibility for me. I'm fine with that. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.